Welcome to the inaugural MHL podcast. My name is Brandon Hall. I'm alongside Jake Levin. Jake, welcome aboard the pod. Brandon, history in the making right here. Let's go. Yeah. So we're here at the Green Cup, live here. We're at two periods down. It is a one nothing lead for uh, the Marshfield Rams. What have you seen so far in this game before we get to the rest of the state? I've seen some great goaltending in this one is what I've seen. I think Nevin Costello's doing an outstanding job for Marshfield, pitching a shutout thus far. And I think Steve Pisani deserves an equal amount of credit for Duxbury. I realize uh, he has given up the one goal, but it was an own goal in a sense. It was a deflection, not to you know blame anybody, but there was nothing Pisani really could have done about that one. And he's made 21 saves on 22 shots. So that's going to give your team a chance to win more often than not. So big day today on MHL. Uh, we've got several games. We've got Middlesex Catholic Conference stuff going on. Uh, we've got the Green Cup here. Uh, what have you seen so far across the state that surprised you or excited you in this season? What excites me is that, per usual, you have one Middlesex team dominating and pulling away from the rest of the pack, and that's despite their loss on Saturday night. Those Burlington Red Devils, I think it's going to be like two years all over again. They're going to get a top six seed in the Super 8, and you don't know what can happen here over the final month, five weeks, I guess, of the regular season, but Brandon, they're real and spectacular. Their lone loss is to Hingham, and if your only loss is to Hingham, then you're doing something right. I think Burlington is this team, this year's, uh, top public power. Yeah, Coach Concession always has a good team. They're always well coached. Uh, they're, they're always hanging around. They're, they're, they're always right there every single season, year in and year out. Big school, uh, great program. Um, going forward, what do, you, what do you see as far as public schools are concerned, other than Burlington, which other public schools have surprised you? Well, we just talked about another one in uh, Hingham. You know, Hingham's Hingham. You know that. I know that. Uh, you. I don't know if you ever coached against Hingham, but uh, of course. Thankfully, no. <laughs> Brandon, of course, the former uh, head coach of the Silver Lake Lakers. You know, I'm from Hingham. I never played hockey, but I know all about that program. And uh, Tony Messina, he doesn't rebuild. He just reloads. And Hingham lost so much talent from last year's team that was a Super 8 team. You, know, you think about on the blue line alone, you lose Marco Rourke. You lose Steve Jacobs. You Up front, you lose Jack Hennessy. You lose Jeff Gordon. And the the beat goes on. I, I feel terrible. I'm already forgetting like six or seven other guys they graduated, and yet the few players they did return, in addition to just the latest cream of the crop, Hingham is right there in the discussion, per usual, for one of your top public schools in the state. Now, Reading, I said Burlington was pulling away from the Middlesex League pack. They're pulling away from their own division, the Freedom Division. Over in the Liberty Division, Reading looks like the team a lot of people expected them to be last year. You know, Reading, at least on paper, I think had people excited in the preseason more so than Arlington, and maybe just a, a year late at Redding under the stewardship of uh, Matt Coughlin and Michael Tobin uh, are just doing great things there for the Rockets. And what about your standard powers or Malden Catholics or Boston Colleges? Um, what, what have you seen so far out of those schools that, that has either surprised you or, uh, or excited you? Well, right now, Pope Francis, at least record-wise and RPI-wise, is your top Catholic school. And I know they're not technically in the Catholic Conference. They're in uh, what is called the Catholic West. Still play you know, more or less the same schedule as the Catholic Conference. They're going to play all those teams. And the rest of your top public schools, your Hingham's, your Burlington's, whomever. Uh, so they're probably looking at a super-hit spot right now. Maybe the number one overall seed. And again, 
yet. We still have at least five weeks to go of the regular season. The Zavarian Hawks are another team. They haven't been in the Super 8. I want to say it's been three years now since the 2014-15 season. They were in the play-in round. Uh, they did wind up losing to Franklin. Uh, Dave Spinelli, he always seems to have such a great defensive-minded team. And you talk about a team that lost some talent uh, between, I know, Jack Tufts and uh, Henry Bruckner back from the blue line last year. But Spinelli has done it again. He's just molded some great new defensemen in uh, two returners, Ross Vona and Tommy Dugan, really leading that charge back in the blue line for the Hawks. I believe they're 5-2-2, and uh, looking pretty good in Catholic Conference play. Uh, they're certainly a team to keep an eye on for one of those super hit spots. And kind of finishing out Division One, moving down towards the Cape, Falmouth, 6-0-3. Oh, well, you know, I'm the wrong person to tell you about Falmouth. I can tell you a little bit. I know Nick Champagne is an outstanding player, a sophomore forward. They have another very dynamic young player there in J.P. Turner, a forward up front. Uh, Rich McClone, a friend of the program here, he's Cape News Rich. You can follow him on Twitter. He will tell you all about Falmouth. And he said after they graduated, I believe, 15 seniors from last year's team that Falmouth's going to sneak up on some teams this year and uh, sure enough, uh, they did finally lose the other night. So they do have one loss now. They lost to Marshfield. But, uh, you know, it was never about making a Super 8 for Falmouth. It's about being a team that can win multiple games in the Division 1 South Tournament and it's been a while. You know, last year they won one game before bowing out to Braintree. Uh, The two years before that, I believe they were one and done. And so you never know. Sometimes it's all about matchups, but this could be a year that Paul Moore's team down uh, they make a little run. Yeah, and Paul Moore always is a deep program, always strong. Uh, they always play really well, and they've got they host that tournament, the Buddy Ferreira Classic, at the end of every year. That is kind of a, a mini tournament before the tournament, before the state tournament. It is got to be one of the best. In, in the state it's my it's my favorite week of the season it's one of my favorite weeks of the year uh for everything else i do that week down there in falmouth at the buddy ferreira is just so much fun and we've already talked a little bit about some of the teams we'll see down there right. hingham right. redding falmouth of course bc high and then there's some other great schools arlington catholic you never know what dan shine's gonna have to offer down there archbishop williams a new look austin prep team this year with lou finicaro retired i, I retired i believe i've Bill Pappas is now the head coach at uh, Austin Prep. And then rounding out that field is a team we're seeing right here before us, Duxbury. Right, and they're always down there, and they're always right in the mix. Um, you know, they play in the Patriot League against Division Two and Division Three teams, so it's important for them to get down there and get prepped for that Division One uh, state tournament. Absolutely, but I don't, I don't know if there's any team that's a better story in the state than Hanover right now, what they're doing at the Division Three level. They could beat, I'm not saying they would go in the Super 8. They might not win a game. They might not score a goal in the Super 8, just the way things go sometimes, but they could be in the Division One South tournament, and I I would pick them to go pretty darn far, assuming that your Hingham's, your Zavarians, and some schools like that wind up in the Super 8. So let's hold that thought and uh, hit Division 3 up after the break here. Uh, take a quick commercial break and be right back here on the My Hockey Live podcast. Sponsor of the My Hockey Live podcast is the Alumni Sports Cafe. Located on Route 53 in Pembroke, Massachusetts, our motto is you'll love our food or it's free. Sports, food, and fun. This is the way it goes at the Alumni Sports Cafe. If you do not like your meal or are unhappy with the service you receive, just let us know and it's on us. We want your dining experience to be wonderful. If we cannot get your complete satisfaction, we will make it free. Our motto, you'll love our food or it's free. So come see Linda and Pat and have a great time at the Alumni Sports Cafe. (laughs) 
back here on the My Hockey Live podcast. Brandon Hall joined alongside by Jake Levin. Jake, we left off talking to start about Division Three uh, in Eastern Massachusetts and Hanover, the Hanover Indians, led by Johnny Abbott, having uh, quite the season so far. Uh, what are you seeing out of the Indians so far? They're the cream of the crop yet again, and there's a couple of kids who were younger players, freshmen and sophomores, when they last won in 2015, who are now juniors and seniors, and they're filling those roles of all those studs from back then when they were just an absolute wagon. And they are really that again this year. Last year they went, I want to say, to the Division Three South semi-finals they, they wound lost, up yeah right which is still they lost to rockland they, they yeah. lost to rockland and hey that's still a pretty good run right. for just about any of the schools but to have that is your year between a state title in 2016 and what looks like a state title caliber team this year hanover is for i know uh, the first segment we talked about hingham marshfield duxbury being your top three public towns mm-hmm. on the south shore in terms of the big dogs Hanover deserves to be mentioned in the same breath as those towns. I'm not saying that they would beat Hingham if they played yearly. I, it might be Hingham will probably win 8 out of 10. But I don't know that for certain, and I'd kind of like to see it happen somehow. Yeah, it would be kind of fun to have those dream matchups like that. Um, you know, you look out here, we're, we're still at Havamak Arena recording live after the Green Cup. Um, you look out at the, at the wall over here and you've got all the team banners, uh, and you look at the Hanover banner and there's one. Most of these teams are hanging four and five banners. Hanover's got one banner, and it's just state championships. That's the kind of expectations that they have in Hanover, and it's built right from the youth program all the way through up through the high school uh, and the high school varsity team. Coach Jeff Ray, the JV coach, um, Coach Johnny Abbott, the varsity coach, those guys have established, reestablished a great program that was left to them by Jim Sylvia. Let's see. They won a state title, I believe, 97, 01, 07, and now 2016. I'm probably forgetting another one in there. And there's probably a Hassenfuss involved because there's like 15 of them uh, that have come through that program. I remember, you know, being on the home bench here at Habamak as the Silver Lake head coach. And having Coach Abbott on the other side, how many of these Hassenfuss kids do you got? They keep coming and coming. <laughs> Landon Hassenfuss was a junior, I believe, when they won in uh, 2016. That might have been a senior. I'm drawing a blank. It all blends together. But he was certainly one of the more remarkable players I remember yeah. from that Hanover team. And for all I know, there's another one in the pipeline. I don't know for certain. Right, right. The expectation for them coming out of the South Shore is to be playing a Gallo late in the season, to have those late-stage late, late stage tournament games in Gallo. Um, so let's move to Division Two. Um, so far in Division Two, um, surprises or or uh, I'm sorry, yeah, Division Two uh, surprises or things that uh, may have shocked you or teams that are having down seasons that you wouldn't have expected. Well, Canton's Canton. First things first, sure. the Division Two ranks. I believe they have fallen from the ranks of the unbeaten, but they are still going to be right there, like they always are. I can they're, they're like the Hanover of Division Two. They're just always going to be there, and they can compete with these Division One teams and any other team in Division Two, uh, You know, I'd like to see Hanover move up and be back in Division Two. quite frankly, competing against a lot of these teams. Um, it sounds like Situate isn't having quite the encore presentation they expected after going all the way to the D2 state title game last year when they lost to Lowell Catholic. Yeah, and, and you know, Coach Mike Breen always has a great squad. He gets kids that come back from private to leave early in their high school career and come back and play for Situate High. Uh, They're not having quite the season, the consistent season that they would have expected at this point, Uh, as you said, having played at the Garden last uh, last season. 
Um, another team, uh, and this one's out of the Patriot League, and, and you know, with all, uh, we'll put this out in the public, my brother is the JV coach, so I'm not just saying this because he's the JV coach, but I'm going to let people know that ahead of time. Plymouth South, I said this at the beginning of the season, Plymouth South is going to be the surprise out of D2 in the South this year. They're going to compete for a Patriot League title against Hanover. Same side in the Fisher set. Right. Plymouth South is a team to watch. They've got a goalie, and they've got a score. Sean Colbert has a chance, an outside chance, at 200 points for his career. Goodness gracious. Silent killer this kid is. And a lot of people haven't heard of him playing at Plymouth South. Uh, outstanding four-year career at Plymouth South. Stayed when a lot of kids left. Uh, and is anchoring the Plymouth South Panthers right now uh, for Coach Mike McCosh. That's a shame that he just hasn't been noticed like that yeah. because it's so tough to get noticed at a school like a Plymouth South where you're in the Patriot League, and if you're in the Patriot League, what are the first two schools you think of are going to be Duxbury because it's Division One and Hanover mm-hmm. because it's Hanover. And a lot of these other schools, I'm sure you saw this plenty at Silver Lake, kind of fall into the, you know, quote-unquote second tier. And it's just not fair in some ways, and I don't know what else needs to be done to push out these great or make more well-known these great players yeah so you know playing out of the rink here at Habamock alone you've got Pembroke and Situate and Hanover uh but they're always outshined by Marshfield right we just sat here and watched uh Marshfield defeat in overtime yes uh the Duxbury Dragons so for the MIA purposes a 1-1 tie uh for fun and for trophies a 2-1 victory for the Rams um but it's hard to see you know with some of these things like You've got a situate in here who's perennially a very good, strong team, uh, but they're not going to get as much recognition as a Marshfield or a Duxbury. And that's tough. The three-division format is certainly necessary in high school hockey because would it be fair for these teams to compete against the Catholic schools, the heavy hitters of the Catholic Conference on a year-in-year-out basis? No, because then none of these schools would be able to hang their state championship banners, you know, Marshfield's Division I banners or Hanover's Division Three banners. But you do need some sort of way, I guess, to better publicize these lower-level schools. And I like to think, and I'm not just saying this, but with through my hockey live, I think uh, a lot of Hanover's games a few years ago when they won the state title were on my hockey live, uh, even in the regular season. Yep. And that that is in no way, shape, or form why Hanover gets the recognition they deserve. Hanover gets the recognition they deserve because they are the preeminent Division Three power, at least in the South, uh, part of the state, but having those that extra exposure on my hockey live, I don't think hurt either. Right, not by right. a long shot. Yeah, I totally agree. And, and then you've got some of the other powers that are not necessarily in the Patriot League, but teams like Rockland yep. and Norwell, yep. who are year in and year out really good. And Mike Flaherty has a terrific program at Rockland. His kids buy in; they run through a wall for him. Um, and the same thing goes with Jim Casagrande at Norwell. Uh, year in, year out, good youth program goes yep. right into a good JV program. Into a, into a great varsity program. It's so amazing how few of these towns we've mentioned have rinks to call their own. Mm-hmm. We're here at Hobbamock and Pembroke. We're at Pembroke, Silver Lake, Hanover, Situate, in Marshfield. That's five varsity programs. Boys. All, boy, right, and that's only boys. <laughs> in addition to the girls' programs and the JVs, uh, it's just remarkable how many rinks 
aren't in towns with great programs. Right. Marshfield alone. Marshfield and Duxbury. Duxbury doesn't have a rink. They play at the bog. And I know you could, you know, at least somebody like a Vlad Guerrero could throw the ball from the Duxbury town line right. to the bog. Right. But nevertheless, not within the town proper. Marshfield, once again, Hanover, traveling to Pembroke. I, all these places. Situate has the bus here for practice in the morning. Wow. Yeah. How much of the commute is that situate to Pembroke? You it's got to be a good it's, 25 it's a, minutes, it's a solid I think. 25 yeah. minutes, yeah. There's no direct way to get here. That's right. the thing, right. yeah. Right, right. Certainly learned that today uh, coming from uh, my undisclosed location. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Having worked in this town for many years now uh, in Pembroke as a member of the Pembroke Public Schools, uh, it's not an easy place to get to or find or leave. Uh, <laughs> I love this town. It's a great town, um, but it's a tough, tough place to get to. Um, so uh, let's take a break here real quick, and we'll return with some girls' hockey action on the My Hockey Live podcast. The sponsor of the My Hockey Live podcast is the Mike Boyle Strength and Conditioning Center, offering the most comprehensive performance enhancement training, reconditioning, and personal training in the nation. MBSC's results-driven approach covers every aspect necessary to achieve your goals, whether they involve sports performance, weight loss, or a healthier lifestyle. Time and effort spent training at MBSC will translate into peak performance in any athlete's respective sport. If you're looking to lose weight or need a jump start to get back in shape, our trainers will provide the knowledge and the means to help you become fit and stay that way. For athletes recovering from an injury or surgery, we offer a wealth of knowledge and training experience with our MBSC training staff, our in-house physical therapist, and five massage therapists. With highly qualified trainers who truly care about providing their athletes and clients with the best possible experience and the most noticeable results, the Mike Boyle Strength and Conditioning Center will help you to move far beyond achieving your goals. With locations in Woburn and Middleton, come check us out. And we're back. It's Division One girls hockey that we're talking about here now live. Uh, Brandon Hall with Jake Levin on the My Hockey Live podcast. Um, so, Jake, what have you seen so far in Division One girls? Well, we've got three teams that are still unbeaten, and uh, not many surprises. Austin Prep, perennial power up north. Shrewsbury out in the central region, still unbeaten. And Woburn up north, uh, always a contender. I believe they won the Division uh, Two state title last year and then moved up to Division One. So, Woburn, uh, they're proving that it didn't matter one iota what division they were competing in. Yeah, and uh, some you know some perennial powers there on the boys' side that, that you know they're they're running their athletic departments right right over to the girls' side that the girls are the girls' hockey programs are just as strong if not stronger than the boys. Certainly, and that's usually the case with Woburn. I know they're down a little bit this year, but uh, Shrewsbury is off to such a good start this year. Uh, and this is talking boys' hockey. They beat Framingham. Yeah. Yeah, and, the, and with the girls' team 7-0-1 right now, you, you know, you've got 15 points this early in the season. Now you're starting to think not necessarily about a tournament berth anymore, but you're thinking about winning the league outright. You're thinking about getting that high, the highest seed you can possibly get going into the state tournament and how important that is for matchups. Certainly. And uh, it's one of those things that's been dominated sort of by Notre Dame Academy in recent years. I think they won the last two state titles and uh, looks like a bit of a transition period going on there. So it's nice to see some fresh blood, I guess, uh, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then over on the Division Two girls side, um, so far so good if you're the Canton Bulldogs. Canton, you know, we just talked about the Canton boys program. Don't forget about that girls program. They were the state runner-ups last year in Division Two. Uh, lost to Notre Dame, and wouldn't you know it, they're right back once again 
Uh, it's just such a great athletic program. The thing about Canton is that they compete in the Hockamock League, which is one of the top leagues just pound for pound, sport for sport in the state. And they're competing in that league with only about 850 kids at their high school. The rest of the Hockamock, with the exception of Foxborough, is well up over 1,000 into the 1500s, 1600s. We're talking King Philip or Mansfield or Taunton and Attleboro and schools like that. And yet Canton and, to a lesser extent, Foxborough are two of the more consistent programs pound for pound. And we're talking, again, all sports. But Canton, they're not even... Even part of a co-op and so many of these other towns are part of a co-op and there's multiple hockey rinks in Canton right. that certainly doesn't hurt but uh, it's remarkable what they're able to do on a year in year out basis yeah, and again I think it goes back to the youth hockey uh, the, the model the youth hockey model of Canton is outstanding um, and they've got that beautiful new building uh, for my money the best one outside of the outside of Cape Cod Best uh, rink over the Cape Cod Canal, yeah, no question. Yeah, best rink on this side of the Cape Cod Canal. Uh, you know, we've called some games there for My Hockey Live. We've called a, um, a game at the end of last season. Um, but, you know, the, each team has its own locker room built in the building. Uh, I, can't, I can't tell you how important that kind of thing is, to have that kind of comfort where you're, you know, this is my home rink and that's my locker room and you're going to come into my house. If I say, <laughs> you know, you're going to come into my kitchen. You, you, better, you better steal the groceries fast. You know? I, you know, speaking of the kitchen, that might be one of the top uh, snack bars in the state as well yeah, that they've uh, built there at the Canton Ice House. You know, I think we could add that as a weekly segment here on the My Hockey Live podcast. The best snack bars in the state <laughs> rated by Jake and Brandon. Ooh, here we go. That's going to that's gonna be a fun recurring segment. Yeah, that would be nice. Uh, what have we had lately? Um, I saw we were down in Falmouth, uh, or I'm sorry, we were down in Barnstable. Yes. At, uh, the Kennedy rank the other day um, for uh, Falmouth uh, Barnstable back to back. It's another pretty good boys. one. Not a bad snack oh. by there. Pizza, okay. It's okay. Okay. Uh, you had yourself a little uh, a little wrap though. Oh, buffalo chicken wrap. Yeah, yeah. it was outstanding yeah. there. And that's another brand new rink. That rink is so great and massive. They hosted the Hockey East Women's Tournament there. Did they really, I believe, in 2015. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And is that a little bit out of the way for some of the programs? I'm sure that it is. Yeah. But uh, nevertheless, beautiful down there. Make a little Cape trip of it, even if it is in March. Uh, right. They say that's the time to go. Yeah. March. You know, and there, there's a lot of hotels and things around the area, things to do. Um, but as far as, you know, can't is go back to the Division II girls for a second, and, and actually even Division One. We, we just sat here for the Green Cup, the girls' side. Um, we saw the Rams and the Dragons play. And what did you think of that game? I think Duxbury is going to be a force to be reckoned with. They've got points in seven straight games since a 1-1 one one start. Uh, they've won, I believe, six in a row now overall, improved to 8-1-1 one one on the season. Uh, they're just blowing teams out. Their last win was 6-0 against uh, the Plymouth Co-op on Saturday. Their only losses to Muscona midway up north there. It was a 3-1 loss way back on December the 20th. And uh, they're going to get a chance to keep it going when they get back into Patriot League play. I know their next game is against Sichuit on uh, Saturday, so they have a couple days off after scoring six goals. And Marshfield, they're going to be fine. Here's the thing about Marshfield. Even though they lost today 6-3, to three, they are still in the plus side of goal differential. They're uh, down to plus four now, but they've given up 30 on the season, and they've still scored 33. So yeah, and, and it's and still not bad. Yeah, and that's such a huge 
predictor of, you know, what your record is going to be is, you know, unless you've got a blowout in there, you know, where you win 13-0 or you lose 13-0 that can that can uh, throw that ratio off, it's such a nice way to be able to say, like, this is this is what we're doing. Because the records, you can't really necessarily compare the records right. uh, of teams in opposite leagues. Now, now the Marshfield and the Duxburys, you're playing a lot of common opponents, and that's where something like an RPI comes in where you can compare teams back and forth. But a goal differential is a nice little... Uh, I don't want to call it an advanced stat because it's not really <laughs> not really too advanced. We're not talking core C4. Well, it's, it's my kind of advanced <laughs> stat because it does give you a little bit extra insight, but it doesn't nerd it up too much yeah. for you. You can do it really without a calculator. Right. That's my definition of an advanced stat. And, uh, you know, even if you want to go over to baseball, you can do something like OPS with a calculator. This war, or your Corsi in hockey, or your Woba, or whatever, all these things. I don't, I don't have time for that. Yeah. So goal differential and tangent, good, good stat. <laughs> so we'll, uh, we'll wrap things up here on the My Hockey Live podcast when we come right back. Brandon Hall and Jake Levin on the My Hockey Live pod. Sponsor of the My Hockey Live podcast is Sullivan Tire. Bob Sullivan started Sullivan Tire and Auto Service in 1955 with the aspirations to have a company that treated customers and employees like a member of the family. For over 60 years, we are still a family-owned business, and we continue on with this value. We have continued to grow and serve customers throughout New England. Our business consists of neighborhood auto service facilities, commercial truck centers, retread manufacturer facilities, a tire wholesale division, and a small company that installs vehicle lifts, all serving the customers the way Bob Sullivan would have wanted it. At Sullivan Tire and Auto Service, each and every person who walks through our door is important. No job is too small and no customer request too big. We will give you prompt, efficient, and quality work provided by highly trained professionals using state-of-the-art equipment. We strive to differentiate ourselves by offering exceptional service, brand-name tires and parts, and the best-trained staff in the industry. With locations throughout New England, go to SullivanTire.com. We are always here to get you there. Back on the My Hockey Live podcast, Brandon Hall and Jake Levin are going to extend out My Hockey Live from uh, My Hockey Live and the high school stuff to the local pro team, Boston Bruins, on a little bit of a roll here. Brandon, it's at the point where I don't hope they make the playoffs. I expect them to make the playoffs. And I'm not at the point where I know they're going to make the playoffs yet because I've seen this story before. But I think there's been enough roster turnover for the better of the roster, for that matter, from that 14-15 uh, and 15-16 debacle where they have, what, a 12-point edge in March and they blow it. They're up, I believe, 12 points right now on and on the wild cards in their uh, tie with Toronto still, I believe, for second in the Atlantic. And I know the format's all weird now. It's sure, sure. a little harder to keep track of. They, It's at the point. Where I think they can have home ice against the Maple Leafs in, I guess, what would be the Atlantic Division semifinals, right. whatever you want to call right. it. I think you're starting to think, uh, from the Bruins' perspective, you want to, you obviously want to make the playoffs, yeah. and, and I think they're in that picture. You start to think about like the division. Can we win the Atlantic Division outright? Now that's going to be a that's going to be a tough one uh, because the division is so stacked. Uh, you're going to run you're going to run up against the you know the Lightning and, and some of the other powers, um, but. I, I think the Bruins have a very good team. If Tuka Rask, I think they lit a fire into Tuka Rask by sitting him and having Kadobin maybe kind of steal his job just ever so briefly. I think Rask has I think Rask has refound, uh, you know, rediscovered his fire, um, and the kids are playing well. 
The question is, how long do the kids play well? Can the kids play well into March, into February, into March, when the season, now they start getting you know, into the 60-game category where they haven't played 60 pro games and had to travel like that? Well, I think some of them already sort of hit their rut very early on in the season after the Bruins won that exciting opener against uh, Nashville, and we're going way back here, and then they lose back-to-back games to Colorado, and then that awful loss against Vegas, which, as it turned out, might not have been that bad of a loss the more we've learned about Vegas. But you were like, oh, so this is what happens when you play the kids. They take their lumps. And I feel as though the majority of them, Anders Bjork aside, have gotten their lumps out of the way early. Danton Heinen, he's not going to win the Calder Trophy, but he'll probably be in that top seven to eight of voting. Charlie McAvoy, it feels so weird calling him a rookie because he was arguably the best player on the ice in that playoff series for the Bruins. Bruins, at least, against Ottawa last year. Certainly their best defense. Right. I mean, that was Eric Carlson series. Make no mistake about it. But McAvoy was, at the very least, your best defenseman that uh, game against Ottawa. Uh, series, I should say. And uh, I don't think many of them are going to hit a wall, at least nothing that is insustainable. Because here's the thing. You still have just enough of a degree of a Stanley Cup winner here. Enough of a pedigree, I guess would be the better way to put it. You still have five core players that were on the 2010-2011 Bruins who won a Stanley Cup for you. That's Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marchand, David Krejci, Zidane Chara, and Adam McQuaid. Yes, I'm going to throw Adam McQuaid in there as well. And uh, Tuka Raskwell, he was the starting goaltender in 2011, was the backup, and he had really... uh, he had some big game experience at that point. Maybe not good big game experience. Uh, he went to a cup in 13. He, back, he did, he right. stopped them 17 seconds away from going to game seven. He did. He know. did. Uh, that's um, certainly one way to look at it. Right. Uh, you know, but if we're, you know, we're going to be positive here about this team right now. <laughs> right now we're going to be positive. Uh, it's a good mix of veterans and young players. Right. You hope that the young players move forward enough so that those veterans don't time out. You know, a guy like Bergeron doesn't time out of his career right. where he's on the back now or, or David Backus, you know, where those guys are older players, they've still got tread left on the tire, but that they don't lose what they've got. Zidane Chara has entered Tom Brady territory here. And what I mean by that is that Zidane Chara is not Tom Brady. He's not the greatest of all time. He's one of the all-time greats. But he has been taken for granted what he's still doing at this advanced right, age right. of 40. And Zidane Char at age 40 doesn't look a whole heck of a lot different from Zidane Char at age 30. Yeah, and they've got him paired with a really good defenseman, too. That, that helps. That helps. Sure it does. Sure it does. And maybe that's why, if you want to look at uh, the trajectory of Char's career, why the 2015-16 season might have been his worst season as a Bruin. Mm-hmm. It's because there was no McAvoy up here yet, or he wasn't playing with a young stud like a Carlo. And now the youth has re-injected some life in a Chara, much the same way some younger guys keep Tom Brady going, like having a Dion Lewis at your disposal or a James White, et cetera. You know, terrible cross-sport comparison. I usually hate those. But because it's so rare to see an athlete remain at the top of their game past the age of 40, I feel it's a worthy uh, comparison to make, especially because they're both right here in the city of Boston. Yeah. So uh, really looking forward to a good end to the season for the Bruins. Um, Hope you've enjoyed the My Hockey Live podcast, our very first uh, episode here. Uh, Brandon Hall, Jake Levin, 
Uh, it's been fun, Jake. Brandon, it really has, and we'll be doing this again real, real soon. I think the hope is to do a once-a-week podcast. Yeah, I do. We can make that happen. Absolutely. All right. And I think this is the perfect amount of time, and I'm, I'm adding to it right now, but I like this half-hour format. Yeah, that's kind of the goal, I think, is yep. to keep it at about a half an hour. It's commuting length. That's yes. what I like to call it. <laughs> Depending on your commute. All right. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Brandon, take it away. Yeah, hey, thanks. Uh, the inaugural My Hockey Live podcast episode. Um, check us out. We're on iTunes. We're on SoundCloud. Uh, rate and subscribe. Thanks a lot. <laughs>